The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the host or any entities he represents. I started doing a podcast, one video a day, two and a half minutes. Why two and a half minutes? I, I became homeless, so I had to go live in a, in a friend's house in his sitting room. I still wanted to shoot my videos. Now I'm homeless, I still want to shoot my videos. So this guy had a rooftop. We would go to the rooftop every morning to shoot a video, but we were living right across the airport, and the airport have a two and a half minute Between wind yeah. in the morning. So we have two and a half minutes, and the plane is up there, it disappears, you have two and a half, two and a half minutes. Go. So I went hard, and I went hard, and I went hard, and we would do maybe six, seven videos. I couldn't edit. I didn't have any editing software. The only thing was I had was this dying laptop. So two and a half minutes became my thing. Welcome to the show. This was an interesting episode doing a real quick intro that I want to get you right into it. Today's guest is a guy named Andrew Kibbe, who I was literally introduced to the night before this interview as somebody who uh, works with uh, the idea of masculinity in African nations, which he's from Kenya, so it makes sense. So he came in uh, from somebody that I know uh, down in the Austin area, and we had a great conversation, but it definitely got controversial. Uh, the reason I'm doing this intro is when you see this, it's going to be pretty much just open. He starts interviewing me. At one point, I ask whose podcast it is, uh, mine or his, because it's hard to tell. And then we go right into his side of things. And yeah, it gets pretty interesting. So I, I we wanted to release this uh, because the conversation, I think, just shows you different perspectives, perspective of a man from another place, another world, and how he sees a lot of different things. Either way. I'll let you be the judge. Take a look. Make sure you give us a rating and review. We'd love to hear from you on what you think of this episode and just, you know, the conversations we're having here on Tribe of Millionaires. Check it out. What are you going to say about YouTube? I, I don't know. I, th I, think, I think right now it's not about the, the platform. It's about the content. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, at the beginning, maybe it was about the platform. Like the people who jumped on YouTube early and got all the... Sure. Like, like, let me give you an example. Like, when Uber came into my country, Kenya, they, the rates were crazy. Mm. So the, the people who jumped on Uber fast uh, ended up doing very well. Yeah, sure. Yes. But after some time, when everybody got to exactly, yeah, yeah because now the excitement of it being a, a new product, when that disappeared, then the rates just became shit. Mm. Yeah, so now it doesn't make, it doesn't, so with, with YouTube, what I see is, yes, there's a lot of money to be made. Thank you. But but we are focusing too much on the, on the platform. Oh, no, I don't want to make the money. I want That's where I feel like I can deliver the best message. Mm. Does that make sense? Like, whether I make money on YouTube or not, like, I'm, I'm just, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like I, I try to deliver these 30-second snippets, and I can't, I can't quite get out what I, what I want to get out to deliver. Like, my message is mostly to middle-aged, highly, highly uh, compensated people who feel stuck. Like that's my audience. Okay. They feel stuck. Okay. I call it like my, I'm a midlife entrepreneur. I pivoted from a corporate career to a um, entrepreneurial career at 42, okay. right? Like, so I was, I just, I, I felt completely disconnected from this job. I just did it for the what, what are you doing? money. I was an executive with progressive insurance. Okay. So I only did it so for you, money. So you were wearing the tie and everything and looking No, curious. I didn't wear a tie, but yes. Yeah. It was, it was like Mr. Important in yeah, yeah, the yeah, insurance so, world, right? Yeah. And it was like, I didn't want to be an insurance executive. How, how long are you? Up. Are you in insurance? Uh, 21 years. So age of 21 to age of 42. Bro, but 
You say you didn't want to be in it. You were in it for 21 years. Dude, my staying power is ridiculous, right? (laughs) Yeah. I probably didn't realize, like, I was good at it. I made good money. It was a good environment, a good culture, but it was never who I was. And as time went on, that gap just got wider. And at a certain point, it was like, I'm so far away from my authenticness that I, I need to get back to who I want to be. How many years was that in, into the... Probably 16, 17 when I broke down. Actually, it's when I got the executive role. So I, I moved from Boston to Michigan for the job that was going to do it. The corner office and everything. Correct. So I got that job and then it was like, ugh, I'm supposed to be happy, but I, I fucking hate my life right uh, now. You know, like this yeah. is terrible. Like yeah. I don't want this. Yeah. It's what I thought was going to fix whatever I felt was empty before. So I had this big goal and whatever was empty was filled up by the pursuit of that goal. But then when I hit the goal, it was like, I didn't want this. I was just numbing. It's like eating or drinking. I got I got hardworking. That's what I did to numb the, what I didn't understand was the feeling that I wasn't loving what I was doing anymore. So, so was it for you the fact that um, there was a goal and as soon as you achieve that goal, then there's no drive towards, uh, so there was no, no other goal? Or no, 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 because I had other ambitions or goals that I could have lined up, but it was just that the there was two things. One, I was counting on the external accomplishment to achieve internal gratification. So I got the job and that's going to make me happy. Like I had to be happy inside. That was one. But it also was a revelation that, that um, it wasn't that I achieved the goal. It was like, uh, I got what I wanted and this is what it is. And it's just, so it's underwhelming. Yeah. It just, it, I underwhelming. So, so, so you thought what, there'll be like, uh, you know, dancers at the end of it all no, 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 and, no, and, and they'll be celebrating. What, what was the feeling that you were expecting? I thought I was years? like at that level, I'm at a certain level of leadership influence, able to, able to like drive an organization. Like I thought that was what I was going for. Mm. And it wasn't what I enjoy is the, I enjoy the influence part. I love, I love helping people get unstuck. I love helping people achieve whatever they're trying to achieve, but I, I wasn't finding that in that role. And I thought I would. So I had to find it somewhere else. So 21 years, 21 years. Yeah. So what happens? I quit. No, no. Before you quit. You, what do you mean? I mean, you're sitting in the house or in the, Oh, the moment before I decided so to quit? just tell me, yeah. What yeah, happened? Yeah. Uh, My, we, we took a, so I, I, I joined a mastermind group. It's called Go Abundance. That's how I, I got to know uh, uh, George. Yeah. Um, because he's connected to some of the guys that run it down here. So I joined that mastermind group. Bunch of entrepreneurs, and I'm a W two guy. Mm-hmm. The mastermind group teaches you like, oh wow, there's like a whole way to live outside of this. Like I'm think, okay, if it's not this W two, then what W two is going to be the thing that I love? And mm-hmm. you know, so I learned about you know what it is to be an entrepreneur, that lifestyle, and everything, and creating. What, what's a, a W two? Uh, job. W two job. Like so, a, so it's like it's like a level. Yeah, no, no, no. W two is the uh, they call it a W two because it's the um, it's the uh, uh, tax form you get at the end of the year. Okay, it's okay. ten ninety nine. There's W two. There's all these different okay. tax forms. But so I had this job. Um, I learned about entrepreneurship from these guys, and what I really learned was the power of vision setting. So I'd set a vision by getting around these guys. Like, all right, you know what? You know what I really want. This is what I want. I want to be able to travel three months, four months a year with my family anywhere we want to go. I just that's what I want to do. I don't know how. But that's what I want. And when I got really clear on that vision, that compelling vision, it started to come into play. It was like, oh, let's go for let's go for a month to South Florida. So we went from Michigan to South Florida in January or no, I'm sorry, February of 2021 for one month. My wife flew with the kids. <laughs> I drove with the dogs. That drive was I was just telling this to Garen. That drive was um, extremely freeing because I had, a, I had, you know, I. First day, I'm like on podcast or making phone calls. And then that's like, I can't do that anymore. But yeah. I can't, all I, I have to drive. And so it's like the road and my brain. And it was finally like, okay, 
think and relax and let it all kind of and stay, on, on stay, that, stay in the moment. Correct. So I had to be present and really okay. Like what? Well, okay. Well, what do I make without my job? How much do I need? What do I have saved? What's my expenses? Like all this stuff that I would, I just like, I wouldn't look at these basic things I got to by just allowing myself to decompress and get clear. I couldn't talk to anybody. It was the dogs in the car and me and toys for the kids. And that's it. So like on that drive, I got to this place of like, shit, I, it's time. I think it's time. And I was telling Garen about uh, two hours before I arrived. But the, oh, go ahead. Just hold on. Yeah. So in 21 years, you never had time? to think i never allowed myself the time to really think and it wasn't the whole 21 years right so like 17 years of it i was convinced that i was on an ascension mm -hmm. i'm going to get this role mm -hmm. year 17 i move and in that move that year 2017 was the year because i started in 2000 2017 it was miserable i wasn't present i wasn't i, I was like did you ever see click with adam sandler yeah. yeah yeah you know when he's like He's fast forwarding his life, but there's still him there just like, you know, eating food and he's not, you know. I, I, I was version of him in the future. Right. Yeah. That was me. So that was me. I had this like vision of the future and I was sacrificing that, but I was just a numb mess in 2017. So that year was like, what is this? I always say it was the year that my authentic self uh, came to, came, came into confrontation with my ego. My ego was always driving the ship, get this level, get this job, make this money, get that equity, get that bonus. And now it's like, I got everything that my ego wanted. My authentic self was like, all right, I'm going to call a few shots now because this, this fucker's miserable, meaning me. Look what you, you know, we did it your way, ego, and he's miserable. So now it's my turn and the ego's not going to give up. So that's a battle. And I'm like, what is this? I can't sleep. I can't eat. Like, what is going on? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, so I always yeah. say like this, this internal battle and my authenticity finally won. And it said, this isn't your life. This isn't what you've always so wanted. When did your authenticity win? 2018. Uh, where where did it 18 win? years like, I, um i don't know exactly where but i started getting into real estate and in real estate i found that i really like like talking about it and that's what became this like all of a sudden i'm jumping on podcasts and i'm creating content so somewhere in there it was like ooh, i like this and then it became like all right i like the brand part like i like communicating and and all of that but mm. I, I don't want to just be limited to real estate i want to be broader than that so that was sort of what i began to do and over time I built a, a community and a course and monetize that and, you know, really help people get, you know, unstuck or become millionaires or whatever. It was just, I remember feeling so fulfilled when people went through my course and they were telling me how like, my God, I'm a different person than I was 12 weeks mm -hmm. ago. That was like, oh, there it is. That emptiness. That, that, that thing that you wanted to, yeah, is. yeah. So that drive was the so, first so time. That, that's still not your ego. Or, or who is that? Oh, it's the ego, but it's the ego in in, a, in submission to now the authentic you. It's it's in not even submission in in concert with in um what's the word in harmony with right. Okay. Uh -huh. So we were just talking about this, Garen and I. Like I, I I learned how much I would I would I overcorrected on the ego. I suppressed it like bad ego, bad. Get away from me, ego. No, mm. no good. Mm. But the ego drives you right. The ego has a role. As long as you don't let it get out of control, the ego has a role. It's not a bad thing. But so I was like in control and then I got rid of it. And so when I when I when I started to see the results of what I was doing, it was like, wow, this feels good. And my ego helped me overcome the challenges to get there. But it didn't take over and make it, you know, so that I was only results driven. I actually mm -hmm. enjoy what I'm doing all the time now. So it was in harmony. My authenticity and my ego were in harmony. My, my brain right now is fighting because uh, all I'm hearing is wife. So where is your wife at this time? Is she allowing you to do all these, uh, you know, Thank God, I, yeah. I, I, iterations? Is she allowing you to be who you want to be or to just move through the motions and she is. fix your shit? And I think, I think part of it is where she comes from. Um, 
so my wife is your wife from kenya no no, no I'm, I'm i'm single okay yeah. my wife's from the dominican originally and grew up very poor so she literally had a hole in the ground that she shit in like oh. that was the bathroom okay. right like that was what she went through so she would be the one to me because i was like ah I, I can't just quit my job you know i make three four hundred grand a year she doesn't work we got two kids health insurance i can't you know She's like, what's the worst that happened? What's the worst that could happen? I, I mean, a, I, mean uh, I, I know this life. Right? Yeah. Exactly. She's like, we get a two-bedroom apartment. You know, you know, like, what's the worst that really, you got to go get a job somewhere making maybe less, but still good money. And we've, we're fine. And we got to downgrade our lifestyle a little bit. But she's like, I'd rather have you and you be happy yes, than, yes. you know, have all like. So, so, so she supported you through this. Big time. Big time. I'm lucky. I'm blessed. That, yeah. That, that, that is lucky. Yeah. But to your point about the moment, so that drive, I got clear, but not like, I, I didn't realize it in the moment, but I wasn't 100% locked in. Like I was saying to Garen, you ever watch Top Gun? Uh, yes, I watched the, the latest one. Okay. I haven't seen the latest one, but the old one. And maybe they I, I remember the old one, but uh, that song just used to piss this shit. <laughs> Which one was that? What, that used to be a uh, stupid song. The song I, I was, by uh, the, the Red, what are they called? Is it? Da, 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 da. Da, 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 da. That one, uh, uh, is, is it Highway to the Danger Zone? No, the, oh, the take, main song. Take, take my breath away. That one. Okay. What was, was it by who? Uh, oh, Pat Roxanne or something? I, I don't even know. Some, uh, man, I used to hate that song, so I hated the whole movie. Plus, <laughs> I, I liked Iron Eagle better. <laughs> Iron Eagle was a good movie yeah. with uh, Louis Gossett Jr. Yes, yeah, Louis yeah, Gossett yeah. Jr. Yeah. But anyway, in that movie, mm. if you watch, like he's, they're always like. Um, they're shooting the MIG, right? The enemy plane. Yes, they got yes. that like red triangle thing on it. Yeah. And it's bouncing around. It's right there, right? But they don't fire yeah. when they're right there. They're 99% on it. They don't fire in that moment. They fire when there's target lock. 100%. Beep. But then they fire, right? Don't get excited. Or wait for the target lock. Correct. So for me, it was like, I think I'm ready to do this on this drive. But then I got a call about a friend of mine in New England who was a young guy, a couple years older than me. I'm 42. I was, I'm 44. I was 41 at the time. And he's like 45, 46. Two young girls, healthy guy, adventurous, all that. Worked with him for years, but he hated his job too. He didn't love what he did. He just did it because he needed to make money. But he went into the hospital with chest pain one night and then just never came out. Just died in the hospital. Oh, no. And that was my target lock. That was, I could feel like, that's it. I could feel his, I could feel that whole, I could almost see him when I looked in the rearview mirror, like him instead of me. Mm -hmm. It was so like that little moment of like time to go. And that was it. So I got to Florida. We did the month there and I said, I'm going to go back after we're there for the month. Uh, this was in COVID, so I could, you could work anywhere. Um, so I went back a month later and, and actually quit on March 12th, 2021, which was 21 days to the day that I started. I started March 13th of 2000. So I, I like to say my, my career hit its drinking age and I killed it. <laughs> so, but that was the moment. The moment was when I, I had built up enough of a, a awareness of what I really wanted in life and got like in the room. And then all I needed was that final signal. And unfortunately it was you know, hearing about this man's passing. Um, but I honor that all the time. In fact, I'm speaking in Orlando next uh, Saturday at an event and I tell that story. Like that was that moment where it was time to go. Like, you know, life is too short. You just don't know. How old are you? So it's a model, I'm 46 now. 46, yeah, go ahead. What so, were you gonna say? So, so it was a moment of clarity for you. Big time. You're like, I now know what I want to do. Correct. There's no stopping me. Correct. So whether, so whether anybody, whoever is on board is on board, whoever is not is not. Yeah. Pretty much. And, and your lucky wife was on board. Thanks. Well, I mean, yeah, that would have been the hardest thing to overcome oh, if she wasn't. So, that's yeah. been impossible to overcome. Yeah. But you can appreciate this at 46, right? I was telling these guys because they're younger. Like, when you're 20, you think 30 is like when you're going to figure shit out. You get to 30 and you realize you're still 20, right? You, you haven't, you're still a baby, right? You're still not, a, Nothing much has changed. Correct. Yeah. And then you're like, all right, well, you know, in the next 10 years by 40, I want this, that, and the other. Then you get, you get to 40 in like six seconds. From 30 to 40, I don't know if you, but like, my 30s were a blur. 
I kind of remember shit. Gone. Yeah. Fast, right? So when you hit that 38, 39 mark, you're, that's when I think you start to get tuned in with the idea of like, holy shit, I'm going to be 80. I don't feel old, but like this is going fast. Like life goes fast. It really does. When I got into my late 30s, early 40s. Um, and to be honest with you, at a certain point, I remember thinking, God, if only I knew what I knew now what I would tell my, my 22 year old self, yeah. like the worries yeah. that I had yeah. then, but now life is so complicated. I got mortgage and kids, but for some reason in that moment, I flashed forward to like 90 year old me and thought, what would he say right to, now to, to you now, to me now? Yes. Right. Like, cause like 90 year old me is looking at, like I'm looking at 22 year old me like, ah, I have solutions for that guy. If only, right. If only I could yeah. have the simplicity of his life, I could give him the solutions. 90 year old me well, first of all i i know 90 year old you know 90 year old you i'm the only one that knows this guy you're the only one that knows that guy and would he say to me dude grind it out in a job that you don't love and just make enough money and then you know walk away when you're 60 or 70 when you're you know a little older or whatever or would he be like dude you're 40 42 years old leave a little i'm 90 i'm gonna die soon yeah that's complicated Having kids in a mortgage isn't complicated. You're in your vi you're in your you're vital, you're healthy, you're energetic, you're in your prime earning years. If you're gonna go, go now, man. Like go live your life. You'll figure it out. We'll be okay. 90 is gonna come really fast and complicated is it's the end of my life. Like I'm just I'm gonna do as much Ooh. as I can to pack it in, right? Like that was a a major moment of clarity because we all do that in our forties. Like, oh dude, you're twenty three. If I could these guys, you're twenty eight years old. Oh, if I could tell my twenty eight year old. If stuff. only I had your, right. your time oh. and this intelligence. Correct. Right, exactly. And, and it's never it's never that way. It can't happen. So but yeah. what you can do is project forward. And I really believe this. Only you can know what ninety year old you is gonna say. That's it. Nobody can tell you that. I mean, you could probably they could probably guess. But if you were to go to 95-year-old you, what would he tell you to do right now? What is it that you're not doing that your 95-year-old self would tell you to do? Or what is it in your life that you have right now that your 95-year-old self would be like, stop it. Get rid of that. Yeah, I'm not taking uh, enough chances. Okay. Ima imagine that. I, it's so clear. I know exactly what I need to do, but I just can't move one foot in front of the other. Yeah. What the fuck is that, bro? No. Yeah. Just the way life is. <laughs> Look at 90-year-old you. That's the best advice I can give anybody. 90-year-old me would slap the shit out of me. Bro. Correct. If he flashed back to now, he'd be like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Oh, yeah. Why, why are you so scared of right. everything? Right. What's going to happen? Yeah. We're going to be here. I'm here. I'm 90. Right? We, we, I'm, I'm, I, you're going to live at some point in the future. So how do you want that to be? It's not even like make the most money or whatever. It's like, why don't you just do what you love to do? Whatever that is. So, so what was your biggest fear when you were doing the 21? Wait a minute. Is this my podcast or your podcast? Bro, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I've already seen it through my eyes. I'm, I'm like, I'm the one interviewing you. Yeah, I guess so. What was my biggest fear? What was your biggest fear? Because uh, When I left? Because uh, the biggest fear for, I know for us as, as black people, yeah. is what is on the other side of the door. So we, uh, that's why we make the best employees because Africa is all built to produce employees. Sure. So, so, so is the United States. Uh, not, not like Africa. Maybe not, but yeah. yes, I get it. Not yeah. like Africa. Africa, we produce employees. We don't produce entrepreneurs. So imagine telling an, an employee, somebody with an employee mentality, mm. but you need to get out and try something. This guy has, they, they, there's, there's no future beyond this job that i have right so what was your biggest fear i mean like i i know did you have to put anything down did you save up did you did you get to meet the right people first for this decision to make sense or did you just jump no i didn't just jump 
if I, I always say this, I think you, you have to, if I had jumped when I felt like I wanted to jump and just stop, like at the depths, I would have just been running away. It would have been running away from something. And I just don't think that's sustainable. Like it would have felt great to bust out of the door and put all that pain and hurt down mm. this feeling of like, I don't love this job. My boss is a ball buster. I don't like what I'm doing. I don't feel very good. Fuck it. That would have felt great for a moment. But then like, now what? Like you said, what's on the other side of that door? So I think there's three things. I think one, you have to get, you have to get quiet. My, my trip taught me I need to get quiet more often. Every quarter I try to do what I call a solo weekend mm -hmm. just to get away on my own, just to clear my head with an intention and, and journal and meditate and just be quiet in nature, in a hotel, whatever it is, but just on my own. No, no phone calls, no social media, nothing. Just three days of eating, sleeping, meditating, journaling, maybe exercising. Like that's it, right? So one, you got to get quiet. Two, I think you have to, you have to shift your identity now and then let the result lag. In other words, you don't become an entrepreneur when you quit your job. You have to become that now, and then the result will occur as a result of your identity not being aligned with where you are. So in order to do that, in my opinion, you have to get around the right people that represent the new identity of you. So for me, it was finding entrepreneurs. Does that make sense? Like, I was saying this to Garen. If you are, uh, if you are, if you don't, you have any kids? Yes, I have two kids. Two kids. Yeah. Before, before the, the, the ones I know. <laughs> before your yeah. kids were born, right? Yeah. They, you were, you were, you know, were you a parent? Not technically, you didn't have a kid, right? You, you, but my wife, my girlfriend, whatever, is pregnant, right? In that moment, your identity shifts. Like, oh, I'm going to have a kid, which means I got to be a parent. I'm a parent. So, you know, you're going to do things now that represent the identity of a parent, even though the kid's not here. And when you do that, now you're in that identity, the result lags. Nine months later, the kid's coming, right? Like the kid's going to come in nine months. It's the same thing with, with uh, becoming an entrepreneur or leaving a job or whatever it might be. If you are, if you are counting on the change in action or change in lifestyle to create the new identity, that's backwards. You got to create the new identity now and, and believe it. And then from there, it's like, well, if this is my identity, then all of my actions will direct me toward the result where this identity becomes real. So it's not reactionary. No, it can't be. Yeah. You have so, to so, so, so you're and community is the best way. I think you get around the people that represent the version of you that you are identifying as right now mm -hmm. and that you will become the result will happen. Mm -hmm. And that's absolutely essential. And then, yeah, I mean, I, you know, the, so what I say, you got to get quiet, you got to get community and then you have to, you have to, uh, get clarity. So you have to have a vision. What do you want for your life? Like a clear vision. And I always say with a vision, it's not, um, it's not a how to, it's just a vision. It's a goal. It's a, a an ambition, a dream, not like I'm going to have this by doing this. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to have this. This is what my life is going to be. Just leave it there. Because if you say it's going to be this way, but along the path, you learn that, oh, actually, this is a better path to my vision for me. So you're so, going to have so, blinders on if you if you state the the way you're going to get to your vision. So your, uh, your words are not going to come back to bite you because you had already made that. I, I get what you're saying. I yeah. What you're saying. Yeah. So that's my thoughts. But that's how I think. But yeah, for somebody who's an embedded employee, it's like, well, what's your identity? What, what What's your chosen identity? OK, great. Go find those people and hang out with them. If I want to be in shape. I'm going to go hang out with people with six pack abs, work out with them, eat like they do. Right. You know, like mm. whatever I identify as, I, you know, I'm a healthy individual. I'm sick of this look and feel. I'm a healthy individual. I identify as that. So then, yeah, I'm not going to go work out with people with beer bellies. Right. I'm going to go find people that are that are living healthy lifestyles. And I bet you my workouts are going to be more intense because I'm with them. I'm not going to pick up that French fry or that donut because now I got to face these guys or gals, right? That are in great shape. I'm, I'm in that environment. That environment creates the reality of your identity, in my opinion. 
How did you find uh, these people to go abundance? Yeah, like go abundance podcast, bigger pockets podcast. It's a real estate podcast. So, so the the hosts are members of it. They kept talking about. It. I'm like, what is this fucking thing? So I googled it, called them, and it's like, yeah, I'll join. <laughs> no way. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much how. So how did you know about them? About who? Go abundance. Yeah, and uh, yes. How did you know? I mean, you're you're. You're a salesperson. Are you a sales? No. No, I'm saying at the time. No, and claims, insurance claims. Not insurance, sales. right? Yeah, but not sales. Claims. So, so you're not doing sales? No, claims. So if somebody gets in an accident, my department handled like, you know, the pain and suffering claim or the damage claim and all that stuff. So I handled claims, nothing in sales. But go back down some more on uh, real estate. Yeah, it's entrepreneurs and most of them are involved in real estate. Yeah, it just happens to be the founders have a real estate background. So the through line tends to be real estate. Yeah. So how hard was it to get in there? Uh, you had to pay money and, and have a million dollars in net worth. So those are the two things. And I mean, for me, it sounds great, but it's like I, I had a retirement account that I can't touch forever okay. that contributes to my net worth, mm. some cash, had a couple pieces of real estate. So I qualified, not like, you know, not like sitting on a million dollars, but like you. my net worth qualified. As so I was like, well, I qualify. And then they talk to me, they interview you and, you know, do you feel like a good fit? And they said, yeah, hey, we'd like to welcome you. And then it was at the time it was seven grand a year. Now it's 10 grand a year uh, to be a member of to it. To be a member. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And uh, how how would you say that has impacted you? Oh, it's everything. The the trip to so the trip to Florida was the manifestation of a vision that I was held accountable to. So that's the key about being around that community. They're going to hold you to what you say you want, right? So, okay. guys, I'm in an accountability pod within GoBundance, and it's like, guys, I'm going to travel three months a year with my family anywhere we want to go. That's my fucking ambition. That's my goal. I still have my job. And they're like, cool, that's great. Like, we'll, 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 you know, how can we help you? Yeah, this, that, and the other. So then one time, every quarter we share our goals for the quarter. And Q4 2020, I said, all right, guys, this this quarter, I'm going to travel for a month with my family someplace warm because we live in Michigan. We want to go someplace warm. And then I didn't do it. I didn't do it in that quarter. Q1 rolls around. I drop it right back on my goal sheet. Hey, guys, this quarter, I'm going to travel for a month with my family someplace warm. And one of the guys goes, all right, time out. Look, we love you. But last last quarter. Do, do this for me. <laughs> do this for me. They're like, we meet every other week, right? Yeah. Like. On the next call we have, uh. give us one or two things. Either tell us you're not serious and this isn't really a goal of yours and just put it down and just tell us that. And that's fine. Or give us a date, give us a budget, give us a location. No way. Yeah. Which, are, can you do that? I'm like, fuck. So now you have to, no, I, you have I don't to get wanna, involved. In yeah, I don't want to say no. I don't yeah. want to say I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I don't want to not talk about this anymore. Yeah. Like, I don't want this to not be a thing. So that was January and mid-January came back in and said, guys, I booked it. South Florida. Uh, Hollywood, Florida, uh, month of February, mm. 15 grand. That was the amount for the, like an Airbnb that we got for the month down there. And, um, and, uh, we did it. I, that's when I made that and everything changed there, right? Like I went on that drive. I, I heard about my friend passing. Um, I came back, I quit my job and, you know, so they did that. And then, uh, that normalized that kind of a trip. So my, after I had quit in January of 2022, so this past year, my wife and kids and I went to the Dominican for a month. We went to the Dominican Republic for one month. Uh, yeah, I, I, I saw, I saw uh, one of your shots. Well, yeah, but while we were there, we said, you know what, let's do this for a year. Let's just move there for a year, maybe two years. So in August, we moved there. Um, and so we've been living in the Dominican Republic, getting our kids another culture, another language, all of that stuff. How many kids do you have? Two, seven and four. Two young boys. Man, that must be uh, interesting for them. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. I was saying that to, to somebody. Maybe it was, I think it was the Uber driver because he was asking me about it. 
it's like I, I got to give them a lot of credit. They're, I mean, you did this, but you did it as an adult, I assume. When did you move to the states? Oh man, like two years ago. Oh, you're. Oh my god, ah, you're I'm very. Still, I'm still smelling of Africa, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I still have my cologne from Africa. Did you Did you speak English in Kenya? Yes, we did. so you had the language. Okay, so we had the language. Yeah. So you came here with the language, but the cultures new, the environment, all that stuff. Yeah. And I'm looking at these two kids are going into a new culture at, at a seven and four year old new and new new language, new friends, new everything. Like I give them a lot of credit for being. Yeah, like they, oh man, but they're, they're going to pick up that. What are they speaking there? Spanish? Spanish, yeah. yeah they're so, already so, so they're going to pick it. They're up. already doing it, man. They're, how, they're three, so how long have you been there? Uh, August, and they started going to school where they speak half English, half Spanish in September. So about two, two and a half months they've been at it, and you can already hear it. Like they, they they're not like fluent, but they they throw in little phrases yeah. here, or when somebody says something to them, they respond in English. In Spanish, they respond in English. So they're they're here, they're understanding it and then they're responding. So. You've given them such an advantage. In it's life. incredible, right? It's, yeah, oh it's, man! I mean, come on. Just think about the kind of conversations they will have right. when they're in high school or maybe when you guys move back to. I try to tell them that now because they're a little homesick at times. Like they want to see their, they Facetime their friends back in Michigan or whatever. My older one especially, but one day i hope that they look back and say holy shit, and they will he's going to show the photos yeah. he's going to be getting girls you know yeah. <laughs> look at look at me i, I was you, in the dominican republic and i can speak fluent right Spanish. you're gonna walk into this all-white town that we live in in michigan into a school as the kid that's like yeah speaking english and then you know something comes on in spanish and you're able to translate yeah, it like, yeah. like oh this guy's so mysterious and then he's going to come back with all that culture from the dominican republic imagine it that can't help but expand you right like, like yeah. you, you've seen this, I'm sure. Like, it's funny. People ask me now. I'm in the DR. They'll ask me, um, "Boy, is it safe to live there?" And I think it's the dumbest question in the world. Like, no, I'm taking gunshots every day. Like, yeah. you know, like you want to find unsafe, you can find unsafe in any, a anywhere, in any any, anywhere in the, any country, United States, anywhere. Go to West West Detroit or parts of Baltimore or whatever. South Central, right? There's terrible parts of every country. So, but it's, I say this, like my context has expanded so much by making this move. And even just, I moved from New York to Boston, Boston to Michigan, then out of the country. Like, it's like, all right. So if this bottle, if this bottle is the context of a, of a, of an individual, like what they're, what they're, what they are, are, um, what they are capable of, of, of holding. Mm -hmm. Right. And the water in here is the content. Right. So if this is the context, then all you're capable of holding content wise is this water. Is it safe there? Well, I, I've lived in North Carolina my whole life. Like, how could I, well, what about, what about school? What about this? Like, well, your context is only this size. When you make a move like you did, or like I did, your context gets to the size of this room, which you can fill a lot more of content mm. inside of this context, mm. right? Mm. So that's, and so, but what's hard is now when you're, when your context is this room, right? And yours is greater than mine because you, you've moved fully from one, I'm, I'm, vacationing in another country for a year or two, right? Like essentially, but so your context has expanded so much for you to try to explain things to somebody with this level of context. And I'm not saying this is bad or good, but it's just, is this their context? It's like, like when somebody asks me, is it safe? There's only one thing I can really do. It's like, yeah, no, yeah. it's safe. Yeah, it's That's it. Cause if I try to explain, there's just so many layers yes, between that yes, question yes, and my yes, context yes. now, like it's, it's trying to fit, all of this content that I could explain about safety into this In, content. Into your small, uh, right? puny eyes. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so in my, in my culture, in uh, Kikuyu, I'm a Kikuyu. So in Kenya, we have, everybody learns three languages. Mm. So you learn your mother's tongue, and then you learn Swahili, which is the national language, and English, which is also the national language. Yeah. So three languages, everybody must learn. 
in my Kikuyu uh, language, we say that the person who does not travel thinks the mom is the best cook. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that's true. So so we used to think that way. And we never, we never because our, when we were growing up, our parents would never allow us to eat any, any, in any other house. Wow. So I started eating in other, in, in my neighbor's, my friend's house when I was in Form 1, which is what, I was 13, 14 years old. Yeah. So I never broke this rule at all. I never broke it because I was so afraid of, of uh, what the consequences would be because, I mean, we are talking about witchcraft. We are talking, so these were all the imaginations that have been put in our head. Yeah. And somebody who's going to poison you, don't eat in other people's houses. Those people are not your tribe. They're not your language. When I was in Form 1, now I'm 14, I go to eat at my friend's house. <laughs> and this guy, so, so in our house, we would uh, have meat or chicken or fish, whatever. So we were not, we, we had food. Yeah. In another house, because there were many, there were like, um, I think 15 in that, in that one house, they would cook food for everybody mm. in one big pot. So ours, ours was a small pot. So it was, you were able to make it even better. But these guys are cooking food in the big pot and their food tastes better than mine. Mm. And their food is rice and beans. Me, I'm eating chicken and meat and everything. Yeah. And their rice and beans taste better than mine. So it gives me a whole new perspective. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. Other people can cook better than my mother. Can cook better than uh, my sisters. Yeah. So I think that's what's happening with you. Sure. And, and for your kids, it's, go it's going to be amazing. I think now, so. Hey, Rook, I want to make sure we are recording, right? <laughs> I think why, why, why it, it looks like it is. This is too are. good not to be recording. I think we are recording. Good. That's good. So we'll just keep going. But yeah, no, the, the, the expanded context for the kids, like they can't, they can't understand or appreciate that now, but as they go back into the old world that they were in, they can't help but feel that. I felt that. I, I remember moving just simply from Long Island, New York to upstate New York, which is like two different worlds, urban versus very rural. And when I would go back to uh, Long Island, the context there and the content in that context was there's nothing up there. It's a bunch of rednecks, mm. right? There's a bunch of a bunch of you know backwoods people. And it's like, well, no, 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 I've I've been there. So now you're expanding your mind. You're right. like, no, you this is this is too small for me. Now I need to I need bigger. I would love for you know, I can't wait for the moment when they're back in Michigan or wherever we decide to land. But when they're back and somebody says something in their in their limited context about living in the Caribbean or, you know, being unsafe to travel in different places, or they don't have this down there or whatever it might be for my kids to be like, no, actually that's not true at all. Like, well, how do you know? Well, I lived there a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> when are you, what are you guys coming back to? Uh, we're talking about next, next summer uh, as the, that's like the so, first decision point. So, so one year. So right now they're there. Oh yeah. They're there. Yep. 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 I flew up from there yesterday. Man. Yeah. It's fine. You have the balls of a bull, man. Why? Come on. Imagine moving your whole family, changing up everything, quitting a job you had for 21 years, joining all this. I mean, look at what you're doing, man. Yeah, You've thanks. only been doing this, what, for three years now? Two years, yeah. And well, you say that, and it's like, actually, I, I, you're right about my wife, man. I feel like it's my wife's balls. Her balls were behind mine, pushing them. <laughs> she because, was so because, because your, your wife was picking up on your energy. Yeah, that's so, true. So whatever energy you throw out there. Your wife is like, this guy now knows what he wants. That is so true, dude, because a lot of people say like, oh, my, yeah, I feel like my spouse isn't on board. And it's like, you can't deny somebody's like what they're going to do when they've, when they've, they've, they've aligned so yes. vehemently with yes. this inner, like it's palpable. 
it's I felt it with the Garen just in the room a little bit ago. Like when he would say things about where he was going and what he's done and what his life has been like, I could I can't deny that energy. Like I could feel it in here. It was it was uncomfortable in the best way. You know what I mean? It was like, mm. holy shit, like I'm on my heels here because of this guy's light, how much he's emanating, right? It's the same thing to your point. Like I was so sure that I was getting back to who I am and this is what I want. And this is who I am and who I'm going to be and everything. I mean, my wife was supportive. I, I want to give her that credit, but even for that spouse, that's a little bit like unsure. They can't deny husband or wife. They can't deny when you are locked in, when you are truly when, there. When you have that sparkle, that sparkle in the eye. It's true, right? right? Yeah. But, but then again, like uh, my, my main thing is like, like now we're having a lot of divorce. Okay, we have, we're having a lot of. I I I don't want to say I'm divorced because it's not finalized or I don't know. It's it's up there, but I'm not I'm not together with my ex-wife. Mm -hmm. Okay, and the reasons why we are not together are many varied reasons, but we are finding that, and the more I pursue this, the more I see that um, we we don't have partners who fight with us. Mm. We have partners who fight us. So that's what the world has become. The world has created it. Uh, like if I want a woman, if I go pick a woman, um, she has to be of a certain breed or a certain, that's why I'm telling you, a very lucky fellow, for a woman not to think of herself and think of what it is that this guy wants to do. Mm. So like when you decided what you wanted to do, your woman had to, a choice to make. Mm -hmm. She had a choice to either flow with this guy or destroy him. Because if she says, I'm not doing what you're saying, then now you have another choice to make. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Stay, stay in a position that I don't want to be in or flourish. Go, go in the direction that I feel. Exactly. But both ways, uh, if she's not on board, it's such a problem for you. It's going to be such a hurdle for you to get to where you are Yeah. because you've only gotten to where you are because she was on board. This is where I think, I, I really believe this. I think that, did you go through counseling? No. Never went through counseling even before the divorce? Oh, no, no. Nothing. Why? Why, why, why would I? Why, why, if she's not listening to me, why should you think she listened to somebody else? Well, so what I, what I think about with it, I remember years and years ago, I had a, a, a coworker who got divorced after 25 years. And he was talking about how they went through therapy as part of like their, their whole process. And he's like a military guy, you know, didn't, didn't like to open up, you know, kind of a stiff dude. In fact, when he turned, he had like his shoulders were turned first than his head. He was very like military. And he, um, he was saying, he's like, yeah, you know, we've gone through therapy and it's good. They unravel the onion and they get down to like this little thing 20 years ago that happened and, it, and nothing. It's a nothing thing, a little spat, no big deal. Like, mm. But it just sat there unresolved. And over time, there was like another layer and another layer and another layer. And before you know it, you know, you got this big onion of, of you know, discontent between you mm. built on this little thing, this little pebble that you just never resolved way back when. And I remember saying to him, oh, that's great. So then, you know, you can resolve things. He's like, nah, too late. We hate each other. We're, we're, we hate each other at this point. Mm. And I remember thinking like, holy shit, like you go for, do you go to the dentist? Yes. Every, I, when? I, I try not to, <laughs> but yeah, I think I went last year. And I, every, every year, every six months, uh, something yeah, like that? Maybe, yeah. Why? Once why every you, two years. Why do you go? That's when my teeth are breaking and shit. Okay, do you go proactively? No. Why not? I'm African. <laughs> I, I, okay. I, the only reason why we get into a place is if there's a problem. So you go well, to a hospital if there's a problem. There you go. You go to the dentist if there's a problem. You don't go for physicals. You don't go for... No, no, there's no problem. Why should I go? Got it. So, so, so it's a very um, American, Western uh, way of thinking where you guys try to prevent and... Physically. Try, yeah. Physically, we try to prevent. We try to prevent our, our physical well-being from deteriorating by going for a physical. 
We try to prevent our teeth from falling out of our mouth by going to a dentist. But emotionally, there's nothing proactive. It's reactive therapy. If go go look at a, a therapist website, any of them, and show me one of them that says I work with couples at the beginning of their relationship to make sure that there's healthy communication throughout before there are problems. Never therapist market to what's out there, which is people say, I only go to a therapist when there's a problem. Well, when there's a problem physically with your teeth, with your relationship, now you're trying to fit like you can't put a tooth back in your mouth, right? If it's broken sometimes, like they're going to have mm. to maybe pull that tooth and put something fake in there. Yeah. Like that wasn't, that's not authentic and real. Same thing with your body. You could die if you don't proactively go out and you know make sure you have a colonoscopy at 45 or whatever, right? Like it doesn't mean you will, but you could same thing with relationships. I think that there's, that there's an untapped market for coaching and or therapy for couples early on. So my wife and I started doing that early. Before there was like when we were in bliss stage, like, ah, we're having so much fun. What do you want to do tonight, babe? It's Friday and we live in in in, uh, in Boston. Uh, it's Friday at two at five o'clock. We're coming up for work. We want to do want to go to Vegas tonight. Sure. Go to the airport four hours later and take a flight to Vegas. Like we were in bliss land, right? Like that kind of thing. But we would work on that on the on the on the relationship then proactively. So that as time went on and the shit comes up and it does even like even when we thought there's no problems, let's just go in and talk because it's good for us. Like, oh, shit, I didn't realize this is a pro like there is a problem that we uncovered just by having a conversation with somebody proactively. Right. Like we wouldn't have uncovered that it would have taken the it would have been a little pebble that we didn't even realize was unresolved. And years later, when we hate each other, we would have been unraveling that onion and finding, oh, that was the pebble. That was the thing. Well, if we squash it now and argue this out now and have somebody there to help coach us through what we're doing now proactively, then you can sustain a relationship. And then you get to the point where. When I wanted to make this move, like you said, my 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 light was emanating and she has a decision to make. Well, there was so much giving between us through the years of, oh, I didn't realize I pissed you off like that. I'm so sorry about that. I want to I want to make that right. I want to do this. I want so much giving back and forth that when it came time for me to make a big jump like this. Yes, yeah, she's on board because we've 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 invested so much in one another. And I was saying this to a prior guest, like I think you have to sort of kill off aspects of the relationship. As you go, like a marriage needs to end multiple times for the next one to begin with the same person. Cause you're, you know, you're 25 and 28 when you get married, no kids, young, lack of perspective. When you're 35 and 38, you're different people, man. Like you're not the same person that got married 10 years ago, but you have to go introduce yourself to her. Hey, correct. Uh, uh, uh. Here's who I am now. Yeah. Right. But you're not going to do that. You're not, you know, like you, it's, it's luck. That's why, what is it? 70% divorce rate. Mm. 30% are probably lucky or there's a large percentage of them that just stay in it because they're supposed to. Right. But there's a percentage of people that are just lucky that as they evolved as people, it didn't, it didn't disconnect them from, you know, from each other. Like the evolution stayed within the confines of a relationship and maybe, yeah. maybe the relationship space was so big. They created that. I don't know. Or it was just a lucky sort of set of circumstances. But, but yeah, I think you have to kill off the marriage and start a new marriage as you evolve as people, that's the only way to keep it sustained and to keep it fun and to keep it intimate and sexy and all of that stuff, you know? So that's my take. Man, you have a story. Have you written, have you written a book? Not yet. What are you waiting for? <sighs> to feel like it's like a, like my calling. Like I, I've had the idea of writing a book, but like, I, like a lot of things, I'm trying to tap into more of uh, like, you know, now, now, not force it. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to force a book because it sounds like I should. Like I'm, I don't want to write a book right now, but when I want to write a book, I know there's one in me, and it'll it'll come. Yeah. You, you write a book? I'm, I'm in the process of doing one. So, are you called to it? Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What's the book? What's it called? <laughs> so, so it's called Mr. Lambistic. Mr. Lambistic. Lambistic. Isn't that from Shaggy? 
Shaggy had bombastic. Oh, 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 Mr. Bombastic. Sorry. Yeah, so mine is Mr. Lambistic. What is that? So Lambistic is a man. Um, we created this word. I didn't know it existed, but uh, we created the word from. When you see like a lamb, you've seen a lamb, right? Mm. A lamb can be eaten by anything, even dogs. Yeah. Even a cat. If a cat puts its mind to it, it's, it's going to kill a lamb. Sure. Anything. Even a, a, a bird in the air is going to take take out a lamb. So, and a, a lamb, all a lamb knows is how to, how to follow. Mm. So you never have your, uh, any will of your own. All you do is follow. And you'll be eaten when it's time to get eaten. There's no, you're not fighting for anything. So you're just weak. So that's how I grew up. I grew up that way. And I grew up with a lot of fear. Fear of the, of the unknown, fear of anything, fear of trying. Because I, 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 I've been trying to pinpoint where that fear uh, came into my life. And I decided, let me put that in the book. Maybe I'll figure it out as I go. Mm. Because I, don't, I, I want to know where this fear that I have, this lambistry that I have, that has dominated my life to a point where it's so sporadic. There's no proper flow. Um, the way a business should grow, the way... What's the business? The business is... is um, okay, let, 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 me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me break it down to you. Break so, it down. So, so Mr. Lambistic is a book that is about my life. Okay. Okay. Now, have I been to school to study anything? No. I didn't do very well in campus. Okay. So, Camp, campus being like a high school? Like the university. Okay, university. University, yeah. Yep. So we call it campus in Kenya. Yep. So I didn't do well in university. And um, I was not interested. I tried to study, even in India, I tried to study computer science at the time. Uh, computers were just becoming the thing. So yeah. everybody was jumping onto it. But I was not interested in how the computer worked. I was interested in using the computer. Yeah, yeah. Because I was more technology. I like cameras. I like all this shit, you know? So for me, it's, I don't really want to know how it works. But I like it. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You, you see what I mean? It is cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a, <laughs> a fucking cool setup. So, so I lived my life like that, and so there was no real order because I didn't have the degree. Yeah. So I didn't pursue any career and say this is the career that I want. Yeah. So there was no de definite path for me. So I said, "What's the easiest thing to do? Become a salesman. I can sell. I can sell the shit out of anything, and mm. I started selling, and I started moving around. What'd you uh, sell? Oh man, I sold. Um, so there's a time we used to have uh, SIM cards. You know what a SIM oh, card yeah, is? Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. B big in the Dominican. I think in uh, outside of the U.S., SIM cards are a really, really big deal. I mean, they're big in the U.S., but they're bigger outside the U.S. So now we were just adopting the, the mobile phone. Yep. So I started selling SIM cards. So I would go buy SIM cards from uh, the distributor and then go to the shops and sell. All right? And then that uh, so, some Somali guy came in and he just fucked the business up <laughs> by getting all the SIM cards for free. So he would decide how much to, to sell. Uh, he, he would go ask them, hey, how much do you get uh, your SIM card today, uh, Jamie? 50, 50 shillings. He's like, I'll give you at 40. Oh, geez. So you can't compete with that. Undercounted the market, yeah. Yeah, so then I moved to selling um, shower, uh, water, instant shower heaters. Mm. So we don't have hot water in Africa. Yeah. So you have to connect the, the instant shower. So the cold water will come. So I would go house to house telling them, oh my goodness, you guys don't know. I'm about to sort your electricity bills. I'm about to make sure that you shower when you can. Man, I had the whole speech. I go to knock. It's very difficult. It's like cold calling. Yeah, yeah. Only sure. that you're doing it in person. Yeah. So I know Americans have done this o o over the years. Yeah, long time ago. The door-to-door -door has kind of gone away a bit, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, who's, who's going to try that door-to-door door right now? Right. 
Unless you're in one of those white neighborhoods like yours. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> everybody knows everybody. Hey, Funny what are you shit. doing here, they Mr. Smith? They actually do do that shit now still that you mentioned it. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So so, so I moved from that to that and I, I started playing pool competitively and I, and I survived off pool for a while. Yeah. So I would play pool and I was really good and make money hustling on the table. No kidding. Yeah. So I mean, so I, I, I did many things and then eventually... The church called me back, bro. So now I'm what? So I, I get I get a job. I get a nice job. So I stop uh, playing pool. I get my first job. It's a rubbish job. What is that? What do you mean? Like garbage? No, as in it's just a... Oh, it's a shitty job. So, so it's a sales job. Oh, got it, got it, got it. So let, let, me, let me tell you how I did it. I right? thought it was like you were a garbage man. Rubbish Oh, job. no, I mean, I wish <laughs> I, I, it would have been a better job than that one. <laughs> so um, there's an interview. So this, this company is called Copycat. So there's an interview and they've asked, it's just a big company and everybody. Where are you? I'm in Kenya right now. Kenya, okay. Yeah. So we're in Kenya, I'm in Nairobi. Yep. So there's an interview that copycat, that you need to hire three salespeople. Okay. When I look at my papers, my CV, uh, you call it what, resume? Resume, yeah. Yes. So my resume is a page long. I've done nothing, bro. I have just the basics, primary school secondary school yeah and i can't talk about university because even the reason why i was kicked out of university was because number one I was not doing well and number two i led a strike oh on what uh, some guy was uh, they, were, they were telling a guy to remove his earring and they would suspend him if he doesn't and i was like no he can wear the whatever the fuck he wants oh wow wow, wow. So, so so we had a big deal about that then they kicked me out from that university so i so i get the job and i, I get the first so this is what i was telling you so at copycat they have 2,000, 3,000 CVs, they've, uh, resumes, resumes yep. they've received from everywhere because everybody wants to work for Copycat. Mm -hmm. Copycat is a big company. So I go and I, and I design my resume. So it's three pages. I cannot do more than three pages. I have nothing else to add there. <laughs> so the first page is just uh, who I am and uh, my contacts and everything. Second page is what I think I have done. And third page is my referees. Simple. Then I go to this shop, this will be called, um, I think, Office Mart or something like that. Mm -hmm. and, I buy, and I buy some, like a file. So I, I bind this CV of mine. So I just don't staple it. I bind it with a blue um, cover on top and uh, uh, another blue uh, back. And there's a binding thing here. So when you were holding the CVs, you'd have, have to separate mine mm. to hold this other useless uh, two thousand uh, nine nineteen hundred ninety nine CVs. So mine had to be put separate. That's interesting. Yeah, yep. because it's not it's not doesn't look the same. Yeah. So they, they would they would look and they said, let's call this guy. He looks interesting. Sure. Oh, bro, that's all they needed. Oh, I went there. I was like, God damn, this job is mine. They laughed and anyway, we had all that fun. First first job, I get poached. Three months later, second job, I leave that job and I get my dream job. Hmm. Okay. So now my life is, is, is perfect. When is this? Give me a timeline. Oh, man, I'm talking about a year. So no. between the first job and my dream job. No, no, but what year is it? So this is what, 2005? Okay, got it. So 2005, I get the first job. Yeah. 2007, I have my dream job. Yeah. Which I didn't even know existed. Yeah, sure. It's ridiculous, right? Mm. Oh, I mean, of course, you know better than me because... <laughs> no, I don't know you're, better. You're, but you're, I mean, you're living the life. You know, well, no, you know? no, but I mean, you know, like you, you went into... It's like anything. You went into action... And from that action came the results that, you know, you don't know. Like you had a vision, you wanted to grow, and, and you know, there's great things out there when you get into action, but go ahead. So, so for me, 
at this time, I'm just living my life. I yeah. don't I don't know what a vision is. I don't know what anything is. Just give me these things to sell, I will sell it. Mm-hmm. Give me this machine to sell, I'll sell it. I'll make whatever money I'm making. I pay rent when I'm, pay, when I'm paying rent. I don't have a family. I don't have anything. Mm-hmm. The church calls me and I get into church. So now, remember, this is one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. So I get into church and now I'm in the church for 10 years, bro. Yeah. While in the church, I get married and have uh, kids. Two kids, yeah. And I wake up from my marriage in 2016. And I'm like, you know the drive that you had? That, that, was, was, that was me in 2016. That moment, yeah. Yeah, I was like, you know, this marriage is not for me. Hmm. Was it ever? No, I don't think so. I, I, I fucked up when I was too young. Yeah. Yeah, I had too many women. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I was, I'm no good to, to someone. What made you get married? The church. Yeah, so so now I was weak. I was lambistic. I get it. So I couldn't make a decision. I should I should have said no. I don't want to get married. Mm. I shouldn't just get married because the church wants me to. Yeah. I should have uh, stood my ground. Then I would not have uh, fucked up somebody else's life. And now there are kids in the picture. Yeah. So I should have been strong enough to say this is not my thing. Why didn't I? Who was that guy? Why was he so weak that he couldn't open his mouth or make a decision? Why did he follow what everybody else was saying? Mm. That's a weak motherfucker right there. Yeah. A lot of us have that story though. So, but yeah. So I said, that guy is lambistic. He's weak. He's useless. And look at the decision that he's made. So I did a whole list. Look at what, how you fucked up. You did this, you did this. This doesn't make any sense. This is not you. You wanted to do this. So in 2016, I leave, I leave my marriage and I start now going out and I said, fuck it. I had never cast before in a video. You never what in a video? Cast, cast. Oh, okay. Yep. Because I mean, I was a nice guy. Sure. I was trying to, to impress other people. So I reached a point, I was like, man, this is not working. My life doesn't make any sense. I've lost, now the, the 2017 job, uh, 207 job, I lost that job. Just cause? Economy or just? So, so there was um, post-election violence. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. So there's a big deal in Kenya and people were dying and everything. So one of my partners from Japan says, you know what? We're not going to stay in the country anymore mm. until you guys sort your issues out. So I left that job. I'm jobless again. Mm. Right? So I go through the whole process. I get married and everything. So Sorry. so Mr. Lambistic comes out because when I look at my life many years later, I cannot see any decisions that I've made for myself. This is in 2016, 17, so, when you're so, seeing this? So this is 2016. Yeah. So 2016, I have to, I have to go and try and become somebody now because right. I have nothing. I have no identity. Who am I at 2016? Mm. Yeah, just a man who was married with two kids. What the fuck is that? Okay. I don't know myself. I don't know what I want. So I started, do, I started doing a podcast. Mm. Just one video a day, two and a half minutes. One video a day. What was the, what, what topic? Like, what was the two and a half minutes? Why two and a half minutes? Um, First, I'll start with that. Why two and a half minutes? So, so two and a half minutes was because, uh, number one, I thought our attention span is less than five minutes. But why two and a half? Why not two or three? Yeah. So, <laughs> so at this time, I, I became homeless. So I had to go live in a, with a friend's, I mean, uh, in a friend's house. Yeah. In his sitting room. Okay. So this is a man who has a wife and kids. I have to put my mattress in his bed, uh, in his sitting room. Wow. And then during the day, we put the mattress up and bring the seats to the side and watch the TV or have guests coming, but there's a mattress going to be there the whole day. And so um, I still wanted to shoot my videos. Now I'm homeless. I still want to shoot my videos. 
So this guy had a rooftop. So we, we would go to the rooftop every morning to shoot a video. Hmm. But we were living right across the airport. And the airport have a two and a half minute between flights, wind, between yeah. flights in the morning. And the only time you can shoot is in the morning because the sun is not up. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so we have two and a half minutes. When the plane is up there, it disappears. You have two and a half, two and a half minutes. Go. Yeah. Go. Yeah. So it's go and it's whatever you need to push in there, whatever you need to say, you have two and a half minutes. Mm. So I went hard and I went hard and I went hard and we'll do maybe six, seven videos. Only one of them would be good. Sometimes even 10 videos because the guy who's shooting is drunk or whatever, you know, just issues. Sure. But it was only always two and a half minutes because I couldn't edit. I didn't have any editing software. The only thing was I had was this dying laptop. So I had to upload that to the. So the only thing I kept paying was the internet for the house. Mm. So two and a half minutes became my thing. So whenever I did a video anywhere else, because I'd already been used to the two and a half minutes. So I like, I have a, like an internal clock. But what was the, sorry, what was the topic? Like when you did your first 10 videos, what were you talking about in two and a half minutes? So we're, we're a, we're a highly sexualized uh, society. Yeah. So we talk about sex a lot. Okay. We talk about sex and relationships. We, th- we don't, we don't build anything. We're not entrepreneurs, nothing. We just, all we have in our heads is sex. You mean Kenyans? Africans. Africans. Yes. Okay. And uh, that's why we are so the way, the way we are. Because all we think about is sex. So it's like, I mean, yes, it's good. But we can, we can now talk about male-female interactions. Because that has been my biggest issue. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm one man with three baby mamas. Three baby mm. mamas. Yeah. Through all these issues and I've never had my dad sit me down and tell me anything. There's no uncle in my life who's, who's ever sat me down. There's nothing. We've never had a family meeting. There are no men to talk about, to talk to about anything. So it's like, I have to be that man that I think the society needs. Mm. Okay. And I have this shit that I need to talk to, talk about, that I'll start talking about. So like I would put up a video and say, um, why, like, like now, uh, this is a big deal in our country. Why would a woman take uh, money from you and lie to you that she's coming to see you? Hmm. Okay? Yeah. Very simple topic. Why would she do that? Is there any friendship between men and women? That's another topic I handled. Can we have that? Hmm. Yeah. So, so because I'm very radical in the way I think, and I kept saying, you know what? There's no friendship between men and women. We have to change the way we are thinking because men have to be men, women have to be women. And it just blew up. It blew up and now it was trending everywhere. With who? With like the youth, bro. Yeah? Yeah, the 20-year-old, 25-year-old. Men. Men, yes, and the women were pissed off. Why? Because they don't want men talking. Why? Because when men talk, they fix shit. <laughs> And as long as shit is not fixed, yeah. then mm. they can continue existing uh, as the head of the men. Now, if you know anything about black people, the black people have been dominated by their black women. The black men are subservient to their women, not their way around. Mm. So now the black man worships the black woman. So if you dare, that's why you hear black women say uh, strong and independent. I don't hear white people saying that shit. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, white people are comfortable in their own skin, but the rest of us we have to keep pushing these nonsense narratives that have no basis in our real lives. Is that is that 
you say black people? Is that black Africans? Or no, are you it's, saying it's, it's black, everywhere? It's black. So even moving here and coming here two years oh, ago. Oh, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't be around the black people, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so explain that. Again, I'm, this is, I'm purely curious, not being in the black human. My wife's, you know, Dominican, but that's a, that's a Latin American community. It's a little different. We're talking about black African people, whether they're here or in Africa. We're talking about anywhere. black just black. Black. No matter what. Haitian. Whether you're American, black, Haitian, black, whatever black you are, you are cast. There's something the devil and God agreed on that made us all so stupid that we are unable to work together, bro. Wow. So we have no men yeah. talking to us. Yeah. I, as Andrew, who's here in America today, I had nobody. My dad wasn't there. My uncles weren't there. And I kept looking at these people like, you guys are not going to say anything? Yeah. So I would see how my mother and her aunties would dominate everything. And I would be like, guys, gentlemen, say something to these bitches. <laughs> yeah. 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 They cannot continue destroying our lives this way. Come on, say something. And the men didn't. So now you grow up with all that resentment. But remember, your mom is still number one. Mm. So I kept asking myself, why isn't anybody saying anything? So I started doing it. Bro, there was nobody saying anything in my mm. country. So all the attention fell on me. Because now this one guy is saying it and he's unapologetic and he's using whatever language he wants to use. Because, I mean, uh, saying fuck in Africa, bro, you have to be, uh, <laughs> I don't know, you must have, be a billionaire because oh. th there's not a single corporate or any endorsement you're ever going to get. Just by using foul language. Just by using whatever language you want to use. Oh, wow. Or saying, or even th your thoughts. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that's, that's what I started. And now um, the radio stations, Notice me, the TV stations notice me. Mm. So I started getting jobs or offers. And I remember, I'm getting an offer while I'm sleeping on a, on a mattress yeah. in my friend's house. But I don't tell anybody because why the fuck would you want anybody to know that? Right. So 2018, I'm on the floor. They call me. They tell me, come, we want to give you a job. Now, this, this studio that calls me is a big studio that I just opened up. And I didn't know why they were calling me. They just said, we want to, we want to discuss something with you. Mm. So I go to the studio. And I meet the owner and the, and the manager. And in their mind, so in my mind, uh, a week before that, I, I'm just wrapping this up. So a week before that, I had sent uh, someone to go to this radio station to tell them that I would like a slot for 10 p.m. at night. Hmm. So I can get a 10 p.m. to a midnight slot where nobody's listening and there's no competition for, from other radio presenters. Nobody wants that slot. It's sure. a dead slot. Sure. Yeah. Right? So I wanted the 10 p.m. To, to midnight slot so I can go there and do my nonsense. I was willing to pay for it. Mm. So I was going to get uh, advertisers to back me up. And, sure. You know? Yeah. So these guys never, never got my message. So the person that I sent never went there. She went to somebody else and that person gave them corrupt information. Mm. So I'm sitting with them and I'm looking at them like, did you guys get my message? They don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Hmm. And they're here to offer me the, uh, the position for the morning. Now, if you know anything about radio, morning is the biggest slot. Hey, yeah, sure. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? I said, yeah, there's no other position. Based on your YouTube content. Nothing else, bro. Wow. They never got to see my CV, my resume or whatever you call it here. Yeah. They never got to know anything about me. I never told them anything, bro. The only thing I gave them was my bank details. They're watching two and a half minute videos, though. Two and a half minute, minute videos and my bank account. Mm. Where are you going to send my money? Well, okay, continue. I have a couple questions, but go. No, it's okay. Just ask the question. Well, so what did they? What did they? What, when they pitched you on the morning show, mm -hmm. why? 
what was their reasoning for? Because it's not like I'm putting these pieces together in my head. Um, you know, you're talking about masculinity essentially and, and relationships between men and women in, in Kenya, between black people specifically, right? And so they want you now to something that nobody's talking about. Nobody's talking about this. So are they wanting you to bring this mainstream to a morning show? Yes. So, Why? Because that is what is trendy right now. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. It's trending because we've had. Um, it's trending because it's you. Meaning, like you've created the trend. Uh, we can say there's there's a bit of that. Okay. So there's a bit of me being part of the trend, and also there's a bit of the um, the society lacking people who speak the truth. Yeah. So we are we are we lie a lot. So our politicians lie, our pastors lie, everybody lies. So we don't have anybody who sits and tells the truth. Mm. So I separated myself and I said, I will try as much as possible to stick to what the truth is. So if I sit with you, if this is the truth, it's the truth. It doesn't matter your, whether you're my buddy or not. Sure, sure. So that's what the, 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 the young men wanted. And it was like a breath of fresh air for them. And I didn't know. Because for me, when I was doing it, Remember, I did it from a moment of fuck it. Mm. I was like, I've been waiting for Hollywood. I've been waiting for these guys to come and pick me from my house. They never did. Right. So I might as well just go this by myself and the internet is there. Mm. So the first thing that I did, I recorded myself on my phone. In fact, it was a buddy of mine who picked the phone and told me, you've been talking about this shit for too long. Here. <laughs> yeah. Say what you want to say. Right. Yeah. And I got, I got offers. I got from that. Uh, so from uh, that radio station, I went to the biggest radio station. Right, same morning slot. Nairobi, Nairobi. Yeah, big city. Man, I, I and I didn't tell you this. Uh, maybe. So the the first job that they gave me, remember, I was sleeping on the floor. Yeah, I didn't have a car. I didn't have anything, but I didn't have money. And they put maybe like twelve or thirteen billboards around the city, of me and my co-host. <laughs> yeah, looking presidential and all that. You're shit, not right? getting paid. No, I'm, I'm, I'm getting paid peanuts, bro. I think I was getting paid $1,000 a month. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's, so it's nothing. Yeah. It's yeah. nothing. Yeah. But remember the first 30 days, I'm not seeing anything. Yeah, right. You were going to pay for the 10 to 12 slot, right? And they actually, they're going to pay you now for the morning. Slot. So now they're paying me. Right. Yeah. And uh, we came up with a deal and everything. But now I still don't have money. There are 12, uh, almost 15 billboards around the city, around the country. Yeah. These guys are advertising that I'll be the biggest shit on radio, but I'm still going to sleep in a mattress and I don't have any money. Yeah. So I would walk from the office, go to, like maybe two kilometers down to go get uh, an Uber that was cheaper. Mm. Because if the Uber came all the way to the office, then it would charge me going round and turning, which was an extra maybe a hundred bob. So I had to go all the way down there, get the Uber. And I never told anybody. I would just walk, buy some maize, eat the maize as I'm going. Then, a year later, we get an offer from the biggest uh, radio station. And they're paying me, what, five times what I'm being, being paid on this side. Wow. And they put another 20 billboards around the country. I was going to say, when you're walking to an Uber, are you getting hit up? You're everywhere. Your face is everywhere. Uh, do, do you think they expect to see me on the street? Ah, uh, good point. I guess you're a celebrity, right? You're the big name in town. Plus, I'm walking on the road, so I don't want to walk where people are. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm walking on the road, so I don't want people to, to see me. But for me, it was it was just fuck it. And when I said fuck it, so the men now have the voice again. The the boys have the confidence to be able to make their own decisions. Sure. Yeah. 
So, so that, that's that's my thing. So for me, that gives me a lot of satisfaction. Do you? So you? It's funny. I want to go back to this because this is interesting to me. I, I, it's just like I'm a white guy that's grown up in the United States, right? I don't have the perspective, the context we were talking about that you have growing up in Kenya and then coming here and observing black culture here versus in Kenya or in, in Africa or whatever. So you said before, um, it's a, it'll be. How do you how do you respond? I guess to those that would say, "Hey, man." Look, you're a black man, you're a black African man, mm-hmm. and you're saying essentially that black people are cursed in some way. Like, you know, God and the devil conspired to just say, ah, black yes. people are dumb. Yes. Yes. I'm just paraphrasing what you said. How do you respond to somebody who's thinking, well, I know you're black, but that's pretty racist or that's pretty ignorant or whatever. What's your response? You, you call it what you want to call it. <laughs> when, when, when I see how the black people operate, yeah. you can call it whatever you want to call it. Because all these terms are just to muddy their conversation. The conversation is, are we doing well? No, we're not. Right? Everybody comes in and takes advantage of us. Mm. So why are we pretending that we're doing well? We're not doing well. The, the rate of uh, abortions is highest in the black community in America. The black people are killing their own children, bro. Yeah. So what are you telling me? The black people are killing themselves in America. There's a higher chance of me being killed by a black man in this country of yours than by somebody who looks like you. Mm. I went to South Central. I mean, I went to downtown LA. I was scared for my life. <laughs> and I'm from Africa, bro. As guys, I've seen lions and shit. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Right. Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's a high time somebody tells them the truth, which is you guys are fucking up. The black people have been cast by it because they follow the women. Men should not follow women. Women need to follow men. Now, what about that one? The sexist thing? You're going to hear that. Again, just throw it in there. I'm from Africa. <laughs> I, I, I use the word nigger. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's taboo for the white people, but it's also stupidity. Because why are we taking away language from everybody? Mm. Shouldn't I be strong enough to handle whatever the fuck you want to tell me? Yeah, yeah that's fair. I mean, in the context of, yeah, like in anything, in anything, whether it's, you know, race or sexism. I mean, you just anything, have, bro, we're offended, anything. We're offended very easily. Why sh- Why am I offended? Why should I be offended easily? Right. It, yeah, it, that's weak of me if I get offended. Yeah. Because if I remember when we were playing in the playground, kids didn't give a shit about what you were going through or your issues at home or whatever. If you were bald, you were bald in this playground. If you were fat, you were the goalkeeper. Mm. Yeah, with kids it's pretty straightforward. Sure. So why do why do we become these evil human beings who can't be honest with each other? Yeah. That we have to come up with tricks and everything. So when I look at the black people, my people, in my country, we're like we call each other crabs in a bucket. Sure. So you see how you guys have come together, go band dance, and now you're talking and pushing each other. Yeah. Us guys, it's their way around. Yeah. Then the, the reference, right? Crabs in a bucket drag each other back down. Yes. Right. When a crab tries to crawl out, the crab drags him back. Drags. Him back. Uh, these crabs are in the in the bucket together. Yeah. Right. So if I try to come out from whatever situation that I'm in, my people are the ones who are going to pull me back in. Wow. So you tell me, why should we be? Uh, why? Who lives like that? How are you ever going to build anything that way? So in a country like the U.S., again, just systemically, you know, there, look, there, there's, there's, over the years, there's been discussion of like reparations for those that were brought over here in slavery, how there's generational, um, generational wealth has been stolen. And I'll be honest, I, I, that makes sense. Just taking the emotion out of it, like, okay, it, it, five generations ago, my family didn't have things taken from them like a black family would, right? So today you have, I think people that are saying, hey, look, you know, 
you got to make your own way. There's very successful black people that have done that have done amazing things and have, and have overcome uh, poverty and you know terrible conditions, fatherless households, whatever it might be. Right, there are black people that have done that. But even they would 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 say, even a black person that's successful, I think acknowledges like, well, but yeah, but there is it is harder. It is harder for a black person because of what's been done in the past. But you disagree. Hit me, man. Like I'm, I'm, I, I, I am approaching this. You gotta understand. Like I'm looking at this camera. This is like bro, bro. this topic for me. I, 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 I know. I, I know. This <laughs> so let me, let me, let me do the dirty work for you. But, but real quick, before you go there, I, I mean it though. Like I, I, I am curious because I don't know. Like it's funny. Do you know who Bill Burr is? The comedian. Yes, I know Bill. Burr. Oh, dude, he does this whole bit on abortion yeah. where he's and he, and it's funny, but he's so right. He's like, I'm pro-choice because I don't like being told what to do, and I don't think I should tell a woman what to do. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that makes sense to me. He's like, but I'm also I'm also think that what you're doing is killing a baby. Yeah. He's like, I just sit on both sides of it, and it makes sense to me. And I'm like, you know what? That fucking does make sense. Yeah. And that's the same thing here. I agree that that there is generational wealth gaps as a result of of slavery in the country. I just think that mathematically that has to be true. It just makes sense to me. But I also agree that I've seen people born at the bottom of the escalator of life that have crawled their way all the way to the top from the black community, just as much as there's been but white people with privilege who've fallen from the top of the escalator where they were born. We, we have to agree that the history that you're putting out today is accurate. Well, hit me then. Tell me, tell me where it's inaccurate. Yeah. So we have to agree that your history, the history that the black people think is their history is accurate. Okay. Because if I know anything about human beings is we lie. We lied about COVID and it's not even two years down the road. So if there's anything about the history, I mean, uh, the, the you can rely on on the human being is to lie. Okay. So I, I am not sure what they tell me is the truth because the people who are telling me are evil. So they cannot tell me about a truth that existed 400, 200, 300, uh, 100 years ago. Yeah. You cannot tell me the truth about my colo colonialism in my country mm. because I don't trust you. So as long as I don't trust you, I cannot trust anything that you say that you open whenever you open your mouth. I don't trust you to be a good person because you show me you're not a good person. How do I trust what you're telling me is the truth? Hmm. I can't even trust when you tell me it's 3.30 right now. Right. So I don't trust the thing you tell me, bro. So why should I listen to you? So the black people are talking about reparations. What, what the fuck is that, bro? I've been in this country for two years. Mm -hmm. I have a Mercedes-Benz S550. Yeah. Which other country do you think that, that is possible? Yeah. So when you tell me 400 years, bro, I only have two. And it's not even two. It's not a complete two. It's a one and something. So everybody's running to get themselves in here. Everybody's trying. The Mexicans don't even know English and they, are, they can't even wait to get in here. So what you are is a victim. And somebody needs to tell you, wake the fuck up. Stop being stupid. Because the country is being divided as you are asleep. Mark Zuckerberg woke up and cut himself off a slice of the country. Yeah. Um, Elon Musk came in and he said, oh, there's a part of this country that needs me. Mm. Everybody's doing it, including Andrew Kibbe. So who, who, what are you looking at? The person who did that to your grandfather or to your great-grandfather died the same time when your, your grandfather died. Yeah. So the problems and the oppression died then. There's, that doesn't exist anymore. Go to the streets and tell me where the people are oppressed in America. In my country, um, I've been here, what, about two years. I've not been stopped by a single policeman. In my country, a year, if a month, without having engaged with the police. What are you talking about? You guys talk about police brutality. You have no fucking clue what that is. You have police who smile and say hi to you. How many, you're saying hi. <laughs> what are you guys doing here? Yeah. So it's, 
it's the thing you're talking about your perspective or your context your yeah. context is so limited because you've been you, you've only been eating your mother's food so your mother has filled you with all this fear and all this lethargy you're so lethargic like now I was I was with some guys from Gobandans and we were passing by a certain a certain road I think just around here and I see this homeless guy but he's built like a horse mm. but this guy is homeless how does that make any sense bro yeah so for me I don't I have no sympathy for the black people right I have no sympathy for anyone okay I am not god you can go deal with god when you get there but for me right now the black people are fucking up because we have the identity of our mothers so we need to get back our identity of our fathers we need to go back to being men so that we can lead our women but our women cannot lead us it doesn't work that way because if our women lead us then their men are the white men so when they want something they'll come to you they don't come to me mm. but if they come to me that's where the power is because I can come to you and tell you hey how come you've not given me an extra this or that yeah. then me and you can have that discussion but when you're having the discussion with my wife then she is my leader interesting so now the boys grow up under that situation they see where the mother is the power so they worship the, the woman when this boy becomes a man he's already been indoctrinated into wom- woman worship so he cannot make any decision as a man That's why these men are going to be homeless or are going to sit in on the passenger side of the car and be driven by their women. That only happens with the blacks, you know that. Mm. No, I yeah. Sure, I'll take your word. <laughs> what, what are you saying that women can't lead? They shouldn't. Shouldn't in any capacity? No, 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 no in any capacity because so not in corporate America No, 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 they they shouldn't lead. Wow. Yeah, women. That's are, a big statement, man. Like, yeah, they shouldn't because okay. the men are there. Maybe when the when the men are not there, the women can lead. Yeah. Yeah, but how how can a woman lead a man? She cannot she cannot enforce anything. She can't. The leader needs to be able to have the power to enforce. If I have to come to you to enforce, why can't a woman why doesn't a woman have the power to enforce? Because she's not physically able to enforce it. Oh, so you're saying it boils down to physical confrontation, physical Bro, strength. Oh, America is not the greatest power in the world. It's not a superpower because you guys know how to talk. <laughs> Uh, you guys are the greatest superpower because when you say something you can back it up. Yeah. So if I say I'm coming to Iraq and that guy who's a president starts fearing because you go, you get there. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. And the bigger you get there, the more freaked out they're going to be. But when a woman is telling is giving instructions, so what if I don't follow those instructions? What is she going to do? Can she not exert her force in other ways? How? Financially. Um they don't make enough money. Well, if the woman is in the charge of a company, CEO of a company. Uh so she has to be very masculine for her to be able to play that game. Okay. So she has to uh, do away with her femininity. So she almost has to stop being a woman to be able to handle that situation. And even at that, it's still going to be a problem because men don't just give in to women. Yeah, so there's going to be the, some pushback. But is it is the woman that achieves that then? is she not fully a woman at that point meaning like she's embracing all aspects of herself to overcome the challenge of the physical nature of men she's a woman but yes so you're right yeah so she's had to 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 do away with some of her traits as a woman okay. to embrace this new found what do you call it 
power that she wants to, uh, to, to you know to, to pick up yeah so she has to do away with some some parts of her being a woman that's why they they you find uh even educated women are like that so you find it's very boring talking to them because now they, they, there's no woman inside there hmm. like in america man like when i go to your pubs out here so their women are very beautiful but the fem- femininity does not exist bro why what do you mean there's no woman inside I don't get that. She's she's so conditioned to making decisions and living by herself and doing all these things for herself that she has had to become a man. Because in, ideally, there's a separation. Women do some things and men do some things. Mm-hmm. But now in countries like America, when you have, uh, there's no separation anymore. So now that's why you have all these soft looking guys and these hard looking women and nobody knows whether they are men or women or going or coming and all that nonsense is happening there. So because the strength of the man was taken away and as long mm. as there's no strength of the man, then it's like there's no man. What's, what's, the, what's the risk to all of this for you? So when you say like in your, in your opinion, so you're saying... If women are taking over, if women are are uh, in positions of strength, or or men are, are worshiping women, so what is the what do you envision being being the uh, the fallout, the downside, the 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 result of that society? So number one is men are going to be fucked up because you you see um, the court system really likes to have men in there through child support or domestic violence or whatever other stupid shit they can come up with. Okay, so the man is one who's suffering now. Mm. The woman seems to be winning, but in the end, the woman loses. And so, what's happening is a lot of men, especially in, uh, in my country, they just did a research and they said men are no longer willing to, uh, are no longer getting into marriage. So the numbers have plummeted. We were doing well, but now the men are deciding enough. Mm. So it could be because of me, or it could be because of this new message, or it could be because of what we have seen in our society. Sure. Yeah. So now. Marriage is going to go down. Men are going to learn to live by themselves, which is a very dangerous thing for, for, for our society for, when men live by themselves. Not because these men are dangerous, mm. but because these men are no longer taking care of women. So the women are going to get very desperate. And what does desperation lead to? They're going to become promiscuous. They're going to try and do as much as they can. They, now you see they're selling their bodies on Instagram. Right on social media, they're doing whatever it takes to get this attention because women live off male, uh, men's attention. They don't live off women's attention; they live off men's attention. So if the men stop saying hi to them, stop uh, you know catcalling and stop showing them their attention, then these women are going to get depressed. Now, did you know that in America, one out of every four women, especially in the black community, are on uh, sorry, three out of four are on antidepressants? Is that right? In the black community or just yes. women in general? I, I don't know whether it's uh, women in general, but I know in the black community it's very high. It's wow. Yeah. So imagine that. Yeah. When we see four women somewhere, three of them are popping pills. That's, that's, that's madness, bro. What is that from? From uh, childhood trauma. And that's as, so bringing back in gender roles. So you're talking about, so they have childhood trauma because there was not strong men in the household because women were leading the households? Yes. And, and women tend to put a lot of trauma in children when they're raising them by themselves. Why? Because because of the noise. What do you mean? Um, women fuck up kids when they raise them alone. Okay? Why though? Like what? What do they do? Because women are very emotional. So if if you are the baby baby daddy, so she's annoyed at you. She's annoyed at this thing that keeps reminding her of how annoyed at you she is. 
So her selfishness at some point is going to kick in and she's going to try and destroy the the, the boy or the girl, mm. whoever it is. That's what you find when a woman is a, um, a single mother, chances are very high that her daughter, if she has a daughter, the daughter will be a single mother. Mm. And not just a single mother, single mother earlier than her. So if she was a single mother at 17, her daughter will be at 16. Let me, let me ask this like uh, on that. Can women be happy without a man? Impossible. Can men be happy without a woman? 100%. Why? Like that's interesting to me. Why why is that the case? Because and, because we don't need them to survive. Don't we though? In no, we to, don't. We don't need them to survive. But women need men to survive. Yes. Women cannot survive by themselves. Is this is this law of nature or is it law of human human nature? Is it black white? Is it is it like is this lions? Is this lambs? Is this every 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 uh Animal, mammal? Yes, with, without the male, then the female will disappear very, very quickly. Okay. Even with the lions, the, the, the lionesses can hunt, but without the male, all of them are in jeopardy of you know, unless they they stay together longer than they really have to. How? How are they in jeopardy without the male? Because any other man, any other male can come in and do whatever he wants with them. Oh. I so see. they're not strong enough to stop um, any even a weak male. You see? Yeah. Like, take for example, like um, the U.S. football team yeah. went to play some team, God knows where, probably in Honduras or somewhere. Uh, seven, these guys were in high school, 17, 15 years old boys. And the U.S. female team was, they couldn't stand to play with these boys. Right now, I can tell you, the Texas basketball team, the male basketball team, can beat the U.S. basketball team female. That's how much, how much more uh, stronger mm. the male is than the female. Like if today, if there was a, a UFC fight, do you watch UFC? I, I have, yeah, sure. How, how long do you think a woman, the strongest woman in the world, would survive with someone like... Um, yeah, uh, Conor McGregor or whomever, right? Um, yeah, or that Nigerian monster. Oh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know well enough, I guess. But yeah, I would, I would guess that, yeah. That, that I would, I would, if I'm putting money on that fight, it's not lasting long. Maybe 20 seconds. Oh, I don't know. And 20 I seconds because maybe yeah. 10, 10 to get to her. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't take long. Right. So women do not have the power. But do they need it in this society, in this in civilized society? Like, in other words, I, I, go back to, you know, caveman days or whatever. I get that. I, I get what you're saying in that regard. Right. Like, so if you're a if you're a um, if you don't have the physical strength to protect from more of a primal sort of threat. Right. Then you need physical strength to ward off that primal threat. But in this world, in this, it, maybe in, in, the, in the U.S., U.K., um, I mean, anywhere in the world for that matter, but any developed place or even developing place, is it as necessary? Like, does physical strength matter? Do the, do the roles need to be in place because physical strength isn't as... For, 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 for the raising of the children, physical strength is important. Why? And, Why and is it important? Because the kids have to know where the power is. The kids, the power, they cannot assume that the power is with the woman. Because as long as they have that assumption, then the kids don't grow up balanced. Because the kids needs to be disciplined. Yeah. And that discipline only comes from the man. So it's not good for the kids, for our women to be strong. Our women just need to be women. So the kids can be able to separate uh, the, the two. Okay? And our men need to be the men. Okay, look at what happened uh, in the pandemic. America was shut down. Yeah. You guys managed to shut down a whole country with over <laughs> five, six hundred million people. Imagine that. Yeah, yeah. Who was moving around? I don't know. Yeah, who was making sure your internet is working? Who was making sure your water is piped? Who was making sure your gas is there? Your food gets to you? 
Right? The first people to fold were the women. All these useless jobs we've given them, receptionists and whatever, and all these sales nonsense jobs that they have that they could have done from anywhere. Those are not real jobs. Mm. Those are jobs we've created to make them feel good. But when it comes down to it, the real jobs can only be done by men. So these other jobs are good and they make women feel good like accounting. We don't need accounting. No, why not? No, we don't need it. I, I mean, anyone who has a brain can do their own accounting. I suppose, yeah. Yeah? yeah. I mean, you, I'm putting in, I'm getting in this, I'm giving out that. <laughs> what is left is what is mine, right? <laughs> sure. So we, there are a lot of places we don't need them. We did put them in the workplace, but we don't need them in the workplace. Because whatever job they're doing can be done maybe three, four times better than by a man. What about like a nurse? Um, not, but men are still better nurses. But women, women disproportionately represent that, like that they're mo most nurse. Y yes, because because that's the, what do you call The road of least resistance. So like now when-, when uh, Not being a doctor, you mean? Of course. Who, Is that what you mean? Yeah who's, yeah. who's going to be a doctor? Yeah. You don't have to study as much to, to be a nurse. And then when my Kenyan people in Africa, from Africa, when you come from Africa and land in the States, the first job you're told to get, make sure you become a nurse. Oh, really? So it's the easiest job to get. Wow. Wow. Right? That's interesting. And it's the easiest job to do away with. You don't need nurses, do you? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like you do, but I, I, I'd need to, I, I couldn't make a, a, a smart enough argument to say, well, here's the five reasons why. There are a lot of things America developed for themselves have no value anywhere else in the world. You don't have nurses in Kenya? No, we do, but... Okay, look, let, let's put it this way. It's a yeah. job that can be done by any gender. Okay? It's a job that does not need any... Any gender can do it. So, we know one thing about men, is men become very obsessive about uh, their vocations. Which means they become better. Look at you, what you're doing with your podcast. Look at me, what I'm doing with my podcast. Sure. I'm obsessive about it. I go crazy about it. I was here an hour before you, you know, because I was excited. Right, right, right. Yeah. So we're obsessive and we tend to grow and grow and grow and we look for opportunities as long as there's no noise in our heads. But being an ass, anyone can be an ass, bro. Sure. Yes. So the jobs that only you can do, our men are not doing. Because if I can, if I can be like Usain Bolt, where I'm the best in what I do, then already I'm attractive to everybody. Yeah. When I imagine you're an accountant, nobody gives a shit about your life. <laughs> yeah, nobody cares what you do, bro. You open your mouth, say you're an accountant, people say thank you, you sit down. Open your mouth and say you're a podcaster. Oh, what podcast do you have? Right. And now everybody's suddenly excited. Yeah. Yeah. Does it make sense? It does. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I get that. Yeah. The, the, um, I mean, what, you, like, I think you know. Your what you're talking about, what you're saying, you know, especially in our culture is like highly, highly controversial, right? It's the opposite of everything anybody else is saying right now about women. Maybe you don't know, but like women have uh, talk about gender uh, uh, pay inequity, right? That's a big topic. Pay gap between men and women for mm. similar jobs. Mm. Um, uh, the, the ability for women to have any career they want, you know, uh, even, you know, people training their girls now because. We feel like in this in this in this country, at least we feel like the what you're talking about was an unenlightened teaching to girls and it boxed them into being less than their full potential. Because mm. we told them in the 80s or 70s or 60s that grow up, be a wife, be a mother. And that's your role. Do that. Mm. Which does that lead to depression? Does that lead to the fact that? 
well, I can't fulfill my, my dreams because I'm told I have to have certain roles. Is that what's depressing women, right? Like that's the sort of discussion that's out there. So do you get a lot of pushback? So, so right now you're 42. I'm 44. 44? Yeah. All right. I'm 46. Yeah. Uh, did your mother go to school? Uh, two years. Your mother? College, yeah. Two years of college. I mean, she went to primary school. Oh, she went to high school. So I mean, she went to elementary. Elementary, yeah, 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 yeah. High school, the whole thing. Then she went to college for two years. I think so. Whatever she did in college. So, so, so your mom wasn't oppressed. No, my mom wasn't oppressed. Yeah. So who are who are these people who've been oppressed? Well, I guess the question would be: Was my mom conditioned to be a mom and a wife by who? By her parents, her mom and dad, Uh because that's the role of the woman, at least in that time, right? Yes. And so, is she oppressed in some way? Meaning, like. Well, I guess this is all I can be, so that's what I'll do. And if she had other ambitions and couldn't realize those, is that not her being oppressed? Like now, the, the job that you do. Yep. What is your job? Oh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's to be able to look at the potential in people. Sure. And try and bring it out. Because there is that part in uh, human beings where other people have been given a special eye. They can see what other people can't see. Okay? Yep. And sometimes those people are your parents. Sure. So... In Africa, we had a tradition where if, if the girl was no good, then the father would have to be honest enough with the, with the, with the man who wanted her in marriage and, and tell her, hey, listen, I mean, and tell the guy, hey, listen, I'm not sure about this girl. Mm. I mean, you want a girl, you can take the other one. That one is good. Right. Uh, she has good manners, but this one is a hoe. So we have to be honest. So our mothers were not op- uh, oppressed. They never used to take all this. Uh, antidepressants that uh, our women are taking now. Mm-hmm. So when I look at the happiness index, they were happier then mm-hmm. than we are now. So you're saying that societally we put a pressure on women to go outside of where, uh, how would I put it? Are you seeing like societally now we're pressuring women to do things to be more in more male-dominated type of, of roles, and, which is creating and, the depression. Yes, and women are losing their shit because they're not built for that. A woman is not built for an eight to five, having to deal with all a manner of men in this. Uh, you know, imagine your wife having to go deal with men out there in the office. <laughs> she did for a number of years, but yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, imagine what, she's, what energy she's bringing to your house every day when she's doing that. Okay, so how you how is your marriage going to survive when she's getting energy from somebody else, not from you? Yeah. So we have fucked up. We put our, our women in a position where we're telling them go out there and be whatever the fuck you want to be, but it's not good for them. It's like when your kid wants to eat uh, sweets before they go to bed. Yeah. I mean, the kid wants it. Sure, sure. The kid is crying. He can't even cry. And if you were to take a video of that kid at that moment, you would look like the worst parent. Mm. Giving a, a lollipop to the kid right before. No, no, no. Oh, not giving it to them because they're crying and screaming. If, right? if yeah, we yeah. record you yeah. saying no to your so. kid when they're crying and we don't know what the context of that conversation is, then you look like a bad parent. Right. But you know what's good for your kid. Sure. And you know, this kid, like uh, my son, my son, every time he takes sweets, he's sick the next day. Mm-hmm. So if I see him taking a sweet, then a beating would help him tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So I'm not beating him because I don't love him. I'm beating him because, in fact, I love him a lot. So I don't want the problem that's going to happen tomorrow uh, if I can deal with it today. Interesting. So even with our women, we know women are happiest when they are mothers and grandmothers. What do you mean you know they are? 
because we have seen uh, the, the 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 evidence the evidence is the there. Uh, what polling or that sort of thing yes but even even in life yeah yeah and we see how uh, depressed the ones who don't have that become like now for example if a woman has a one child and this boy goes and becomes a homosexual she'll never know what grandkids are mm. or the lady goes and becomes a lesbian now who's going to fast over her when she's in her 60s 70s 80s how will her life look then yeah she, i mean she doesn't want people who are going to be fasting hey grandma have you eaten grandma this grandma that also the, the work of the gra- uh, grandkids to fast over their grandparents okay so that is being taken away from the black people we are taking that away and now we ha- we have created this system where the woman gives birth to a ch- one child and that child gives birth to another child so now that's all they know mm-hmm. so there's a woman uh, who is broke as fuck living in a section 8 housing so she's not make she's not living the american dream mm-hmm. because section 8 housing is is poverty right she's not living the american dream she's having to go for food stamps and fight all these social justice wars and you know wakanda forever and the black lives matter and all that other crap and she still has to come home and be a mother mm-hmm. to this ancient child who's indisciplined who's going to go sleep around again and bring her another child mm-hmm. so now they're going to be three girls in one house with no future whatsoever and how does that look for the society very interesting very interesting it's interesting to see how a conversation goes when you just let, you have let, it, let it go right? we just let it go <laughs> right, we let it go and see where it goes wow man a lot to think about for sure and i love what you i, I love your you have you have a big following in kenya i know you're working on masculinity with men there specifically um where do people find that where where do you where are you most so um on my youtube yeah so i'm, I'm on social media I'm youtube uh, so andrew kibe everywhere k-i-b-e k-i-b-e yep. andrew kibe so k-i-b-e on youtube instagram facebook I, I find facebook to be a bit we uh weird nowadays why the people of facebook are evil like fuck bro see i feel like youtube is like a lot more trolly than facebook right now. no no i think youtube is the best right you now. like the best yeah yeah it's, i guess it depends on your platform like i hate linkedin okay i i, I don't touch linkedin nor should you i think it's a shitty pro- uh platform but it's, 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 my it's, it's for in my, in my country the pretentious motherfuckers are the ones who are on linkedin <laughs> and they keep trying to show us how better they are than the rest of us yeah you know you don't have a linkedin profile fuck you and your stupid linkedin profile <laughs> I got you. No, man, I appreciate you coming in. It's great. We got connected by George. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. So, so before, I, I can see you're about to close. Yeah. How, how do we become successful? You as, assume I'm not black. Assume you're just talking to one of your, your people. What is the one thing you can tell us and say, hey, listen, um, because when you, you've been observing and the problem is you cannot be honest because of your skin color. Okay? Yeah. But if you were to tell a black person something, because... How to be successful? America needs the white people to start talking. Okay. And the white people to be to, to be unafraid of saying what the truth is because the truth is what has kept America going all this time. So why aren't the white people stopping the black people and from, from all this uh, madness that they are creating uh, around the country? Oh God! I mean, I it's uh, a loaded. <laughs> it, loaded it is loaded. I, I, I wouldn't want to put you yeah, in, no, in trouble. Yeah. I have no idea. I what I would say uh, to your question about like what makes. What advice would you give? What did you say? What advice would you give somebody to be successful regardless of their race? Yeah. Whether black, white, or otherwise? Yeah. Um, I think you have to just be clear on, on, on who you are and who you're trying to be. I think you just have to be authentic, you know, like I, whatever that means. So, so understand 
understand what your what what lights you up, what you enjoy, what your passions are, and lean into that. I think that's success. That doesn't mean you make money necessarily, but if you love, I don't know, if you love to play video games, then play video games. I, you know what I mean? Like I think that as long as as long as people pursue what makes them happy, I think that's success. And to be honest with you, I think when you do that with with um, intention, then almost anything can become a career. I mean, you and I talk on a microphone and make money doing that, right? We put videos out on a platform yeah, and, and money. Yeah. But I love doing this. I love having conversations, interesting conversations. I mean, even this conversation, like no idea where that it was going to go where it went. But it was interesting to learn your perspective on what you've seen and what you see as an immigrant in the United States, what you saw in your country, right? And what your perspectives are on gender roles and race and everything else. So, you know, like no matter what it is, I would say to anybody, like, well, what do you, I always say to people, like, what do you love doing? And they're like, oh, I, I don't know. Like, you didn't hear the question I asked you. Mm. The, the question I asked you is what do you love doing? But what you heard was, what do I love doing that I can see making me money? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I just said, do what you love. And from there, things just happen. The last interview I had was the same thing. He was talking about like having a vision and you know, that vision underneath it, all the things that happen and the person that you had to become on the way to becoming the person that achieved that vision is because you've got, you're, you're aligned with something bigger than what you are and the best version of who you are, whatever that might mean. So man, woman, black, white, that's my, that's my, my thoughts on success. You got to align with what you're authentically passionate about. Do that, take action toward it, not worrying about how it's going to make you money or sustain your life or whatever it may be. And you'll be amazed at the results. That's my thought. Man, that is, that is such a, a powerful uh, closer. Yeah, I hope so. What's yours? What's your advice? Get out, get out of your own way. You see, um, the, the the last thing I want to say is, yeah, we, we we have a lot of noise in our heads, and these are voices that have been put in there by other people. So, like, maybe your mother put it in there, your sisters, your aunties, your dad, your ma. I mean, whoever, anybody who was in your, in the, maybe even your teacher, mm-hmm. right? Uh, there's a the other day I posted, and I put a tweet and I said. So there's a, there's a guy called Rolo Tomasi. Rolo Tomasi mentioned me on his plat, uh, on his podcast. Somebody sent me that clip and I put it up on my Twitter. What does he do? What's his platform? Rolo Tomasi, he's, uh, he calls himself the rational male. He's um, like the, the, the god of the manosphere. Mm. The man who decided to start talking about this before anybody else started doing it. And he even wrote a book. It's called The Rational Male. So Rolo Tomasi does a, a clip and says, hey, shout out to, to Andrew Kibbe. And I put it up on my Twitter and I say, I wish my class three teacher could see this. Hmm. That's my frame of reference because that teacher is one who stopped me from joining the debate club that I wanted to join when I was in class three. Because hmm. in class three, I knew what I wanted. When I, 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 I saw what debate was, I was like, I don't want anything else. Right. I don't want to study mathematics, nothing. This is what I want. And she saw what I wanted. And she blocked it. Hmm. So for the next five years, from class eight to uh, class three to class five, uh, eight, no teacher could allow me in debate because of that crazy bitch. Hmm. So now, many many years later, I come and say, I wish my class three teacher could see me now. Right? So it has not been a voice in my head, but it's an achievement that I am very happy about. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So get rid of the voices. Whether it is your mother, your father, your sisters, whoever put that crazy voice in your head, not to do or not try, and just go and do it. Just something you just said, yeah. only that 
Uh, get out of your own you, way. You have, like you have better English than mine. No, I think you I think you said it more succinctly than I did. Get out of your own way makes a lot of sense because that's exactly what it is. You, it is conditioning or fear or whatever. It might be somebody else telling you what you should be mm-hmm. or shouldn't be. And, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, dismissing all of that and just aligning with who you are. That's the key to it. So, And that's what you now the white people need to sell to the blacks. I'll, I'll I, I, I wish there was a, a <laughs> come on, you guys need to do it. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I don't, I look, I, I, because I mean, look, look at them. This, this, that victimhood is, is killing America, bro. I believe in that. I believe that overall, I believe that overall, like, I don't know if that's a black, I don't see that as a black, white, female, male thing. I just, I think that, I think people are way too offended too easily on everything. I think it's funny to me. It's interesting to me that some people are offended on behalf of others when those people aren't offended, right? Like there's black people that aren't offended by certain things, but white people are offended on their behalf. That blows my mind. I don't know why. Um, uh, that's that's stupid. Though. It's yeah. I, I just don't get that. It's like, you know, let, let me, but the, something I learned in my journey that I think, I think is so it's so um, in, in one way, it's a little bit, I don't want to say sad, but it, it, it just, it's like uh, sobering. Maybe that's the word sobering, but also empowering is that there's no meaning in anything, not inherently, right? There's no meaning in the fact that you're here, the Mm -mm. fact that you're black, Mm -mm. the fact that I'm here, the fact that I'm white, that we're men, that you're wearing a hat, that we're in a podcast studio, that we make what amount of money we make. There's no meaning in my birth. There's no meaning in my kids. My kids don't mean anything, not inherently. I mean, they weren't born with a meaning. We assign those meanings to everything. Mm. It's good, it's bad, it's amazing, it's not, it's beautiful, it's, it's ugly, whatever it might be, right? Like, and there's societal norms or, or whatever for each meaning. So by and large, uh, somebody's, somebody's mother dying is sad, right? Mm-hmm. That's a sad thing. The meaning that we generally assign to that is sad. So it, sadness, yeah. it makes sense. But if that mother abused somebody, right, that person might view that death very differently. Yes. Their meaning for that person's yeah. death might be more joy or relief mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. So I think when you get to a point, we talk about being offended by everything. Well, you know, if we can agree, and this would be the most amazing thing, if we could get to a point where we could agree, like, hey, look, nothing means anything. Nothing means anything. We assign meaning to everything. Everything. It's a white blank slate. It's a, a room without, without anything on it. Everything that is. Your life, my life, my kid's life, your kid's life, your ex-wife, my wife, the guys in the other room, the producers. All of our lives are inherently meaningless. It's, it's, it sounds so sad and, and heavy, but it's so powerful that means i can write the meaning liberating i can write i can i can literally define the meaning of my life so if you choose to assign you know uh, well you've said a lot of things today that a lot of people are going to if they when they hear this that a lot of people are going to say like he is a racist that's the meaning they're going to assign to it he is a sexist he is uh backwards or whatever it might be right like there's going to be a meaning assigned and that's fine a lot of people would probably agree with that meaning so we say well then it must be that must be the meaning. But there are other people who are not going to see it that way, that are, that are, that are not going to see that uh-huh, meaning uh-huh, in it, right? Uh-huh, so yeah. you assign meaning to everything that is. And when you get, when you understand that being offended is simply a choice, like, you know, other than physical assault, really, like other than being physically assaulted, that to me is the line crossed. Otherwise, it's all words. It's all words, bro. right? Yeah, now, words can incite so, things and words are meaningful and words are yeah, powerful. But, but, and all but, that. but if, if I do that and if I incite you into uh, some form of reaction, yeah. the problem is you, it's not me. Right. Because I'll say what I say right. and sometimes I'll be a dick. Yeah. But you have to be able to be so comfortable in your own skin 
But whatever I say doesn't affect you. And that's, well, that's, that's, the, that's the divisiveness that we find ourselves in right now. If everything's left-right. Even the disease, the COVID thing, whatever, was a left-right issue. Somehow a, a, a pandemic became, like, how do I feel about that? Let me go to CNN. Let me go to Fox News. And, and I'll decide based on what Tucker Carlson yeah, or exactly, Rachel Maddow tells yeah. me. Is this a, do I agree with this or do I not agree? Or even who's president. When Trump was president, this, this, this vaccine was coming out. Like, that was a, a thing, right? So people on the right aligned with it. Like, yeah, right? The moment Biden was president and the vaccine came out, people on the right were like, screw the vaccine. I'm, I don't trust the government. You know, it's like it goes it goes back and forth. It's really yeah. depending on like what meaning do I assign to this and and go from there. So anyway, interesting discussion, man. Interesting. Uh, th thank you for having me, man. I, yeah. I, I really appreciate you jumping on this quick fast. <laughs> 